If there was such a thing as entrepreneur school, then the first lesson on the first day would be, what is your elevator pitch? That being the 30 to second spiel you reel off to people who might be interested in your product or service. Our next guest is Michael Crane, founder of Easy Crane Limited, someone who I met in a lift, or as you Americans like to say, elevator, 21 years ago at Coots, the private bank in London, on the way up to a networking meeting as it happens, proving that you never know who you might meet or when you might meet them. If you want to know more about longevity and consistency in business and how Michael achieves this, then join us after the introduction. Hello and welcome. I'm Clayton M. Coke, and I'm also the host for The Cashflow Show, the radio show that's disguised in the shape of a podcast, but with so much more. Every week we'll be interviewing someone inspiring from the business world and finding out how they started in business, what their trials and tribulations were, and how they intend to grow their business in the future. We will also be finding out about what they do in their spare time, as well as asking them to pick a book, a film, and a favourite single or album, and to share their reasons for doing so. So why not join us at The Cashflow Show? It's not just a radio show, it's a whole new way of doing business. Hello, Michael. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. It's actually a real pleasure to have you because I feel like I'm going back to the start of my career and the start of my business. Um, nobody will probably know you as much as I know you, as long as I've known you. So tell us a bit about Easy Crane and your current role within the company. Yeah, over 20, it's not 21 years, Clayton, about 25 years. Wow. See, because I, I knew you at the 21, 21 year, because that's how long I've been in business. So you'd already started and we're going to come on to that. I think as an entrepreneur, you have a, a deep-seated, heartfelt thought about what it is you wanted to do. Now, I have to say that when I left school, I didn't have a, a good idea of what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. But I wanted to be in business for myself. And I'm so pleased... I took that journey. But my career didn't start when I left school. Exactly. I took 10 years out. <laughs> I traveled the world. Wow. And you could say that was my lesson of how, what, when I wanted to start a business. During those 10 years, Clayton, I learned to fly a plane. Now, let me put this to you. I'm about 22 years old, learning to fly a plane in the US. And my instructor said to me one evening, he said, Michael, tomorrow you're going to go and do a cross-country flight. Now, a cross-country flight was literally cross-country, 120 miles to an airfield, never been there before, and then 120 miles back. When you got to this place, you're going to sit a three-hour exam. Now, let me tell you, I didn't sleep a wink that night. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness me. This place was called Terra Hult, H-A-U-T-E. And let me tell you, Terra says it all. <laughs> Now, I live to tell the tale. Similarly, in business, this cannot kill me. Going to Terre Haute nearly 
illness <laughs> because I did get lost. But you know, when I came back and I ended my travels, I thought to myself, now, now is the time to start serious. What will I do? Remember, there was no internet. No. There was dial-up connection. And that wasn't that great, to be honest. So a lot of my work was my communication was via the fax and an awful lot of rubber on the soles of my shoes because that is how I got better. I knocked on more doors than the next man. I was learning as I went. And let me tell you, when five doors get slammed in your face, that's where you learn. Do you feel that that school of hard knocks literally really prepared you for the adversity that you deal with in business? Yeah, of course. It's just a small element of the hard knocks because, you know, it's like standing on a cliff overlooking the ocean, calm seas or rough seas. Now, everyone, everyone likes to go on calm seas. But let me tell you, when the rough seas come, you really need to buckle down, batten down the hatches and ride through the storm. So I, I'm confident that I, after 25 years, I've had my highs and my terrible lows. And guess what? The highs are only ever short-lived. So be grateful when you get to your highs because guess what? The Valley of Doom <laughs> is on the other side of the high. And I say that in jest, but let me tell you, it's not linear no. for sure. It's just like my bank balance, actually. <laughs> I get my highs and my lows. And it's also like the seasons, Clayton. Of course. I don't like nighttime. I know they're coming later on today. <laughs> You're approaching this with a certain level of honesty. And that's what I think is missing in modern business. A lot of people, they say that they get scammed or they get talked into stuff or whatever, because stuff that maybe you and I, and maybe that's experience or maybe that's just common sense, we would think that's completely unrealistic. But they all seem to be taken in by it. And and that's not meant to be a, a disrespectful to anybody because we all have to learn. But the fact is, if anybody gives you the idea or the impression that entrepreneurism is some kind of easy ticket to life, they're just not doing it right. We must be watching the same TikToks or the same <laughs> YouTubes. All these get-rich-quick schemes, yeah. there's so many of them. But let me tell you the truth. Yeah. Liz Taylor, the famous British actress, said it took her 40 years to become an overnight success. So let me tell you, there are no get-rich-quick schemes. It takes dedication. It takes perseverance and a whole lot of perspiration, sweat, blood and sweat to get there. There's a whole lot of mind set leaf that needs to be there too. Yes. And the mind is very similar to your physical body. You need to be balanced. Yes, I can do it. Very similarly, like when I flew across the US. If I'm honest, the reason why I didn't sleep the night before I went to Terra Holt was because there was an awful lot of self-doubt yeah. that was going to hit the, uh, the pylon or land on a lake. 
I went across the Mississippi, by the way. And when you when you uh, have that inner fear, do you overcome it? Mm. But you've got to go the route. You've got to feel it. Anything's possible. So 22 years later, Clayton, I believe that anything's possible. Everything is achievable. If you have the right mindset and the belief that it's not going to kill me. Yeah. And I'm going to make it happen. And I'm going to make this work. But do you think that by deciding to take those 10 years out, that was your grounding, really, in order to be able to get into what is really quite a challenging world? Totally. You know, it was, you know, I I know you can't see this and we've got no visual here, but time and skill. I took time to learn the basics and then when i understood the basics and mind belief all those very elementary things that go on in the background that mostly we don't talk about did i realize that yeah i'm ready now Mm. i can do this and it ain't gonna kill me gave me a lot of gray hairs i was told (laughs) at the weekend (laughs) you've got them too (laughs) i'm still here to tell the tale yeah which is key. So, and that's why I built the business uh, all those years ago, because I knew I had the mindset that anything and everything was achievable. So easycrane.co.uk, what's that about? Well, actually, going back all those years, I didn't really know the product. I knew I wanted to be in business, and I thought, what can I do? And here's a simple truth. I've got 20,000 products all online, and every single one of them runs out. And certain of those, a certain amount of those products have got a sell-by date on. And guess what? If I do a great job, people will come back for more and more and more. And that is how I've been in business for so long. On the basis, I think I've been doing a great job. My clients love me and they keep coming back for more. And that's a simple philosophy that I administer into what I do. You say that you went away for the 10 years and decided you wanted to be in business. Now, a lot of people would have gone away for 10 years and then decided they need some cash or needed big cash and they got themselves a job. Was it someone in in your family or were there other people around you that were in business that encouraged you to get into it? Or did you just feel this is something I've got to do? It's an interesting point, actually. My mum and dad are hard workers, always been hard workers. I come from a family, six sisters and three brothers. Three above me, six below me. We're all very competitive. <laughs> even even to the point when I was growing up, there's 10 of us with my mum and dad sitting on the beach. There was a boy about a mile out to sea. One of my brothers turned around to me and said, I bet I can beat you to that boy in back. Guess what I said? No, you can't. Let's put it to the test. So not only did I race my brother, all 10 of us were on the starting line. (laughs) So in effect, the reason why I set up in business was to achieve more. I saw my mum and dad work really, really hard. And I thought there's got to be more to work in nine to five and I always remember, as I went, was going into business, my dad would say to me, son, what are you going to do? And I said, 
I'm going to build an empire. My dad turned around to me and he said, son, just go and get a job to pay the mortgage and to pay the bills. And I turned around to him and I said, dad, that was right for you, but it wasn't right for me. I think I know the way. My dad wouldn't have flown across America either, no. need I say. Funny enough, Clayton, about 18 years after we had that conversation, my dad lost his job. Uh-huh. And guess who employed him? <laughs> you have to have belief. You imagine the conversation if I'd said to my dad, Dad, I think I can do it. And I'm so confident I'm going to employ you one day. What would he have said then? Yeah. It is interesting, but the thing is, do you feel that, and I have to say the same thing for me, my parents would have been exactly the same thing, like the idea of business, but because you've never seen that it can be done, we learn a lot from the people around us. And for most of us, and especially who come from a working class background, really are people that we know what we know. We, you know, our parents do their best. Because, you know, the parents, sometimes they're trying, they're struggling. They've got a lot of kids, a lot of mouths to feed. So the first thing they think of is safety, safety of the family, keeping everything together, keeping everybody on the straight and narrow. And that's the most important. So getting a job seems thing. But the benefit of that for us is now we can go out there and explore ideas that maybe they couldn't. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and you, you know, 21 years ago, you said, who inspired me? Who did I see doing this? I didn't see no one. And I have to say, I only wish I met someone like me then, today, because I would share with them the knowledge, the skills, the education that I've built up over the years to say, you know what, I'm not going to tell you to go and get a job. I'm going to show you exactly what you need to be doing to enable you to have the freedom to do the things that you want to do. When I say freedom, right, life choices, you know, and I allude back to this get rich quick scheme. Everyone says, oh, you know, work four hour week and, you know, do this and do that. You'll never have to work again in your life. No, not really that true. But actually, You know, it's about having a system and a series of processes that get you to your goal. And I want to share with you exactly what I mean by when I say that, Clayton. About five, four to five years ago, one dark Monday morning, I sat in my warehouse in South London and I said to myself with my head in my hands, when is enough? enough. I said it more two more times. And I said, time is right to make a change. What change? Well, let me tell you. So I was employing 55 people across two sites at the time. My salary bill was huge. Of course. I love the people I work with. But here's the thing. Some of those people were doing a great job. Some of those people we're doing a bad job. It's just the way life is, right? But at the end of the month, mm-hmm. they all get paid. Indeed. <laughs> no problem. Love to pay them, but surely I only want to pay them if they're doing a great job. Of course. Right? Pay all of them. Mm-hmm. Right, here's the other thing. So I had vans circling London on a day-to-day basis. 
And I saw one of my vans one day parked up outside one of our clients, not Coots & Co, by the way, but one <laughs> just around the corner. And it was parked next to a FedEx van. And I thought, they're the logistics people. They should be delivering my goods. How do I do that? <clears throat> Relatively easy, to be honest. Then when I got back to the warehouse, got half a million pounds worth of stock on the shelf, and I thought, this is nuts. You know what's nuts about it? Mm -hmm. I've got this product that I need to go and sell to get paid. But I've already bought the goods. I thought, this is nuts because I'm in London with millions and millions of pounds worth of stock readily available for me next day. So why don't I introduce smart systems that when my clients buy the goods, my systems go and buy the goods for next day delivery yeah. for FedEx to deliver. Anyway, I achieved that, and that's what I do now. Rather than employ 60 staff, let me find people like me 21 years ago who want to build a business. They don't necessarily know what they want to do or what the product is. And let me set up a franchise. Okay. In effect. And the franchise, right? Everyone knows what a franchise is. You buy into a business that uses systems and processes that have already been done. Branding that's already been done. Great business model because it takes away the expense of all those costly mistakes that I've already paid for. And by the way, I'm not, I love a McDonald's franchise but you need two to three to become a millionaire. Of course. And the problem is, right, you've got to spend 100 grand on each one. <laughs> so if you've got 300 grand already, you're close to being a millionaire anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My point. <laughs> and then you've got to go and serve burgers for the rest of your life. <laughs> but what happens, right, Clayton, when you're fed up selling the burgers? You're going to get your 300 grand back? Probably not. No. So I thought, no, I don't like the idea. I like to treat people as I like to be treated. I'm a very loyal, honest, upfront bloke. There is no get-rich-quick schemes, but I think I've got the knowledge, the skill set, the education that can help people, just like me 21 years ago. And I thought to myself, how would I like to build a business where all the systems and all the costly mistakes have been done? If you don't like a franchise, what's the alternative? So I set up. And I thought about it, and I thought, what about a small monthly fee to get all of that? No tie-in, no lengthy contract. You love it, you stay forever. I like that. If you hate it, send me a message Say, Michael, I hate the business. I'm not making no money, and I ain't going to pay you no more money. <laughs> I want to leave. Fair enough. That's the way it happens. No fuss, fuss, no hassle. No funny business. You want to leave? Go ahead. If these people leave, I make no money. Right. And that's the best guarantee that anyone will ever have. You know, if you leave, the money stops. So I set up Team Easy Crane, a team that uses the systems, the processes, the education, and the knowledge of Easy Crane, that business that I set up over 20 years ago and by the way the technology that i've implemented does all the work while your clients are making orders the distributor and that's the difference by the way it's not a franchisee it's a distributor makes money 
So the distributor makes money potentially while they sleep because the system is up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that is a great business. And by the way, not just 20,000 office supply products, but over 100,000 products. And it's about building relationships with clients and selling nothing. Because once people like you and they trust you, they keep coming back for more. So I'm building a team, a community of distributors using the systems, the processes, and the technology to build a business for themselves. It's a little bit like a gym membership, Clayton. Mm -hmm. You go to the gym to get the ideal body. You build a business to become financially free. Of course. And it's something I'm really passionate about, and that is giving back and helping entrepreneurs find a way and cut out all the noise and the trials and the boom and gloom and bust and euphoria that wasn't there for me in the past. In real practical terms, do you feel that technology, especially from when you started, has been such a great leveler for people in businesses? Great question. Do I think it's uh, been a leveler? Well, let me tell you, it's a lot easier. Uh, Google has made it a lot more difficult as well because uh, all you need to do is say, Google, find me the cheapest or find me the, uh, you know, the, uh, this product and a widget. You go on Amazon, you go on eBay and they all have a market. So actually it's made it harder but easier from the process. But here is the thing. The riches are in the niches and the Americans call it a niche. Mm. I think we call it a niche, niche, niche. A niche, they call it a niche. Niche. <laughs> yeah, that's why they say riches and niches. Yeah, so, so you know, it's about providing something that something isn't, somebody isn't already doing. Now, you know, a pen, you can get that from everywhere. Of course. Right? But actually, there's only one Clayton and there's only one Michael. Now, I know that Clayton's going to do something special for me. What is that, Clayton? I'm going to buy your product or I'm going to buy a pen. Yeah, you're going to, I'm going to lie. I like you and I don't care about the other products or the other people, the competitors. And I think once you understand that, that you're not selling a product, uh, you're buying a, a relationship. That's you know, it. Uh, you know it's, it's a bit like me. I met my wife 25 years ago. It took me 25, 20 years to marry her. <laughs> it wasn't a overnight success thing either yeah and over those 20 years we built a loving relationship and after that period we decided to get married and it's very similar business like that so going back to your question yes in technology has made it easier in many ways technology does the the work of 20 people but actually it's it's finding the technology and the systems and the processes that actually make your time easier. And, and you know, what's the measurement of success? Well, you know, there's many, many measurements of success. 
to be doing one hour a day uh, is one of them. A lot of the time it could be money. But you know my biggest success over these 20 years, Clayton, I say this hand on heart, really. One of my biggest successes is the ability to meet my mother, who's 80, at the local David Lloyd gym. She has a flat white coffee with blue top milk. I have a black Americano. We sit there and we talk. And you know, a couple of months ago, a lady, don't know her, I've spoken to her once or twice, came over, she looked me in the eye and she said, you know, I don't know your name, but I see you sitting here, I guess with your mother. I only wish I had the opportunity to do that when my mum was still alive. You are so lucky. Value every second of it because it's short-lived. She's had 80 years, right? But actually, it's very, very important. And, and you know, things like that. And remember, my sisters and my brothers, a lot of them are nine-to-fivers. They don't get that option. Of so course. It's not, about, it's not about money. It's not about what big house you live in. It's about the simple things that make you happy. And that is just so true. And you know something? That lady is so right. Because when we are sitting here and, yeah, we're going to make more money, we're going to grow, we're going to expand. And the fact is, is that as you get older, you start going to more funerals. And everybody that turns, and we're doing a funeral, somebody always says, you know, oh, we need to spend more time. We need Nobody, everybody goes back and does exactly what they want. But the fact is, it is just so important to just basically, a friend of mine was always used to say to me, oh, look at the stars tonight. And I, I would be like, yeah, all right, <laughs> that's nice. But you know something, just looking up at the stars or looking up at the moon, you think to yourself, God, how beautiful that is. And to be able to see it. The time that you spend with your mum is so fantastic. And to be able to, that my mum unfortunately didn't live very long. So that was a very, very sad. And to be able to sit down and said, mum, what do you think about this? It's... It's nothing to do with business, but it's about why you do business. You do business for freedom. If you wanted to be nine to five, you'd be nine to five. But the fact is taking the chance as an entrepreneur, forget cars, forget clothes, forget houses. It's the time that you have to spend with the people that you love. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also remember, we still got to put the food on the table each night. Yeah. You know, and that's important to know as well, because that's where the pressure lies when you've got to do it all yourself. You know, going back those 20 years ago, let me tell you, we talk about technology on this uh, podcast here, but technology is a great help. But actually, I use I started out cleaning the vans, delivering the goods, yeah. selling the goods, buying the goods, going up to uh, go into the local distributor to buy them and to sell them. Let me tell you, it takes time and effort. And, and the end result is... I still needed to feed myself. Going back to needing to feed yourself, you know, I read somewhere or I heard somewhere that in the 25 years that no one has paid you a salary. Yeah. Is that, is, how does that work? Because people think, oh, I've got a business. I'm going to be creaming the top off this and I'll be making this money and that. How did that work for you? Right, you know, if I was a nine to five, I'd get a monthly salary or a weekly salary. But 25 years, no one has paid me a salary. So you could say 
I've been a hustler. I've been bobbing, ducking, weaving. But that sounds like a, a kind of a jack of all trades. That sounds like someone I'm not. I'm just very, I'm, I'm a methodical planner. I plan these things out. And let me tell you, I have a number of properties and how lucky I feel to have those properties. Why? Because they pay me a monthly salary. They pay me a pension, actually, mm. providing I keep them. And I will keep them because I don't have a pension, uh, but I do have property mm. as a pension and it pays me monthly. But when you think about it, that to earn a thousand pounds, to earn a hundred pounds is a challenge for most people because most people say, boss, I need paying. Yes, you can wait until the end of the month. That's when the payment run is. I've never had that. And that's what I mean by that. Mm. So I feel very fortunate. And this is what I work with uh, the team Easy Crane. You can view our website, teameasycrane.co.uk. I will be sharing this knowledge. So I help my distributors to save and put money away that invests in real life assets. One of my famous uh, mentors, Jim Rohn, well, he wasn't a mentor for me, but I've read a lot of his books, said, your first home is a liability. Your second home is an asset. So I'll be helping people buy, buy their assets to create that safety net that keeps you in the game longer, long enough to make a significant difference for you and your family. And by the way, he also says, before you buy your second car, buy your second home or your second property. And I don't think these lessons are taught. Well, no. As much as they should be now. You know, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with a friend on Saturday. She's a careers advisor. And I said to her, what do you advise the youngsters who who say they want to be in business? And she, she said to me, oh, I put them in touch with the Princess Trust, but not that many people come and have a chat with me about going into business. My son does, because guess why? He hears me talking about business. But more importantly, he sees, he sees me meeting my mother and he sees that his mum goes out to work as a teacher and I have the freedom to do the things that I want. Mm. He wants that lifestyle. But funny enough, when he said to his careers advisor, I want to build an empire, she said to me, yeah, but what happens if that fails? So the lessons here are, the art of entrepreneurship and sales and negotiation and all the other things associated with being successful in business are not taught in school. So where will you learn it? When people are at school, you are designed to work, pay tax and national insurance. So you can't necessarily blame the schools for that because what happens is this. You know, the government sets policy, it sets agenda, and it needs taxpayers. It doesn't need a nation of duckers and divers and bobbers and weavers and hustlers, because if we're all on that dip, nobody will pay any tax. So it needs that small group of people, usually sort of lower middle class to middle class, who are going to get up every single day 
to pay for their free holidays a year, to pay for their house, to pay for their car, and so on and so forth, who are not going to be on the rob. They're not going to be doing anything dodgy. They need those people. And that's what school and university is designed to do. It's designed to churn those people out. So the poor careers officer is probably doing the same job from when I was at school, (laughs) basically putting you to a profession, to a job, to a situation where you pay tax, national insurance, and you get a pension if you live long enough. You've managed to buck that trend. And that's what your son sees. He thinks, hold on, why is dad living a completely different life from mum? And so therefore, being a teacher and being a civil servant, you get certain benefits, but you get benefits when people tell you that those benefits are there for you. You get your six or seven weeks holiday. However, you still have to prepare lessons. You still have to do extra clubs. You have to do all the things which as an entrepreneur, you can pick and choose if you set your business up correctly. A great book for any entrepreneur starting. It's a bestseller, so you've probably heard of it anyway, or a lot of your listeners have heard about it anyway. It's Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he talks about the teacher, and he talks about the entrepreneur who goes and finds a way to make it work. And it's a really interesting kind of read and the different mindset. Do you feel that the mindset is the most important thing? Because we've talked a lot about mindset during this conversation. I mean, we've had authors on this show, people who have basically been in business and they've written a book. And it wasn't the entrepreneurship that nearly killed them. It was writing the bloody book. (laughs) And I think it's because you need a different set of disciplines. And I think many people approach entrepreneurship, but without discipline. And you need that discipline because, as you said, you don't want to be known as a jack of all trades. You want to be known as a guy that provides good quality service, good quality product, reliable, consistent, and that people keep coming back. We always talk on this show about the 80-20 rule, that 20% of your customers give you 80% of your business. Correct. And it's that 20% that you've got to give a big hug when you see them, because those are the people that will constantly be in a position to help you. And the same thing with you in terms of when you had the drivers, you probably had 20% of maybe drivers or 20% of staff that were giving it full welly, as we say in the UK. But, and, but there were other people who were maybe not as committed to the business as you would have liked them to have been. Yes, I am saying exactly that. Not a bad thing. Can you change it? Sir Alex Ferguson, the manager of Manchester United, said this. He said, recruit the attitude and train the skill. If the people don't have the attitude, you can't train the skill. And that is very similar to your workforce. If they don't have the right attitude, how are you going to give them the skill? Yeah, totally, totally. But coming back onto your question about mindset, you know, uh, same with Pareto Law, 80-20 Law, all about the mind. And one of the things that I I speak about and talk about and hear a lot when I talk to people is a self-limiting belief. I'm not worthy. I can't do that. Uh, I'm not 
skilled enough to do that. And I think we've all been conditioned by our youth in many ways. And yeah. there's a, there is that famous saying, you know, give me the boy till he's five and I'll give you the man. And along the way, oh, don't touch that and you can't do that. And my, even my dad said it, whatever age I was, oh, you could, you know, just go and get a job. So we have an awful lot of self-limiting belief. I also think it doesn't serve us that well. But let me tell you, anything and everything is achievable if you have a plan, you stick to it, and you plan, review, or no, actually you plan, you take action. You've got to see if it's going to work right, your plan. Of course. And if it ain't working, guess what? You review it, and it repeats. Plan, action, review. Not my metaphor. Jim Rohn, by the way, mm-hmm. plan, do, review. And that's how you improve this process. And actually, you know, coming back to this self-limiting belief, we all have it. We have a devil on one shoulder. We have the angel on the other. I have never met a person who doesn't have the devil on this uh, whatever side. Mm-hmm. But the devil is testing you. What I say to people is wipe your hand off, quell that devil because he doesn't serve you. Yes, you can do it. Yes, you will do it. But you've got to see it to dream it. And if you work hard enough, everything is possible. And you can see through history, you know, look back through history. For example, the British athlete, Kelly Holmes, mm. had a disastrous World Cup. And I remember watching her on TV, running the 400 and the 800, by the way. And the commentator said, I've known Kelly for so many years. And look, she's in the lead with 100 meters to go. And her hamstring goes. She sits on the inside of the track, Clayton, weeping, sobbing her heart out. And guess what? She, she, the, the commentator says she'll probably retire. A couple of years later, she comes back and she's a gold medalist. How? Why? She had a belief. But guess who picked her up on the side of the track? Who? Her coach, yeah. her mentor. So here's the thing. In business, if you want to go fast, go on your own. If you want to go further, go with a team. And let's talk about that. my trip to Terre Haute before. Please. I didn't kill myself. I planned. I reviewed the plan. Because I had to, because at one point I was going to hit this lamppost or this big, big stack <laughs> in the cement works as I crossed over the Mississippi, Mississippi uh, River that was flooded at the time, by the way. And I deviated my course. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? Deviation is an interesting one as well, because you think you're going from A to B. You never go to A, B, A to B. Never. It's never in a straight line. Nope. <laughs> the only straight line to your riches is do the lottery because you might become an overnight millionaire. But this takes time, perseverance, dedication, mindset that anything is possible. And let me put this last one in there, perspiration. I'll add that. And I'll tell you why I add that, because it takes a lot of sweat, blood, tears to make sure that what you're doing 
is right and it will feed you in years to come. With all the experience that you've had in business, one question I wanted to ask you was this. If you were to start again, what business would you choose? That's a good question. I tell you what, there was a f- there's a few things I, I would say. You need people, but I wouldn't have people. And uh, I wouldn't be so fearful. I wouldn't tip, put my toes in the water to see it works. I'd go all in a lot quicker and hope I would float. Yeah. I think I would be more technology-based as well. Um, and and I would I would like to think that I would be a, a person that went one to many relationships rather than one to one. So, for example, I went toe-to-toe on the street, knocking doors, slow. Yeah. I'd go a bit quicker. I think that to a certain extent, you needed to build, for those long-term relationships, you need to build your brand. And I'll I'll, I'll do something. When you watch some of these programs and these sort of dating programs and you see people, I've been talking to John for, you know, two years and we've never met. You know, and, and they're wondering why they haven't actually built a relationship with that person. And, yeah. and the same way with you, if you hadn't have done all that door knocking, where would you really have been? Because when you and I started in that era, if people didn't see you, they assumed your business has crashed. So you had to keep going out there. You had to keep shaking hands. You had to keep drinking the wine. You had to keep, you know, um, taking the pictures. So people knew who you were. And that you were still in business. Now you just stick up an Instagram post or a, a a Twitter post or whatever, and people can see your in inverted commas still active. But in those days, I don't think you would have had the business that you would have had without knocking on those doors. No, for sure, Clayton. Look, it was uh, it was it was hard, hard, hard work. And 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 to be honest, if you liken it to someone going to university, you study four years. At the end of that process, or three years, you come out and get your degree. That doesn't change. You've got to do the work. Of course. And that was my, uh, my degree. But let me tell you, the degree lasts three years, another year for your master's. So in these terms, right, I've been going over 20 years. So imagine how many masters I would have got in that Exactly. I mean, that's the whole point. The fact is, is that sometimes people try to sort of dumb down the idea of learning their job from the ground up. And the fact is, they people don't also understand that you build a business with your own image. You know exactly what you want it to do. And because you have that control of your business, you can then pivot. And that's the key thing. Because you, when you realised, hold on, I've got loads of people working for me, what's the most effective people that I have? What's the most effective way of utilising their skills? And you're able to change. But you, when you think of you've got a massive company, and I'm going to use Amazon as an example because I'm going to come, come back to them. You know, you can imagine that if somebody says something on one day, how long it takes to filter it down, no matter how streamlined that they believe that they are. Because in terms of what you do and the goods that you supply, you're in direct competition with somebody like Amazon. How does that feel? To be honest, it's a challenge, as it is for every other business up and down the country. 
Look at Wilco, for example. Bloody hell, yes. Gone into administration. And I think I should, should mention, because we have listeners outside and the cash flow crew from other parts of, of the world, Wilco is a company very much like the old school Woolworths, which, which sold basically everything, everything that you could think of from curtains to sweets to lottery tickets to medicine, everything you can think. And they've recently gone into administration here in the UK. And, and so liken it to a Wilco, uh, Wilkinson's, uh, Clayton, I believe that we're all guilty of Wilco going into administration yeah. because we do buy on Amazon. Uh, but Amazon also offers opportunities. Where I find Amazon is, I buy from Amazon. Their delivery network is fantastic. But here's the thing. Jeff Bezos doesn't know you. There is no relationship. And if you, want a, if you don't want a relationship to make your office efficient, tidy, and get all those jobs done, you need to find and work with someone like we operate. Someone who builds the relationship. Someone that you can phone up and say, or email, or communicate in whatever way to say, oh, Michael, look, I'm struggling on this. I'm struggling on that. What have you got? Yeah. And it's actually, uh, you know, the old-fashioned way in many regards, but that's how we build the business. And that's why I'm building distributors, because the distributors will have great relationships that will last the time. And if people want cheap and cheerful with no face, you can get that from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. I think people know that there is a difference. And as you said, in terms of Wilco, also known as Wilkinson, going under, there is a point at which everybody's going into Wilkinson now to pick up the bargains. Now, the reality of everybody had shopped at Wilkinson, you know, which was a great shop. It was a fantastic shop. I'd shopped there many, many times before. I think the problem is that business would still be open, but it's that convenience and we, we're sometimes seduced by the convenience of you sitting there, you know, eating your breakfast and and somebody basically delivering your stuff, you know, more a more powerful network than Royal Mail. It's mm. it's scary. It, it is. How do you compete with something like that? You can only really compete in terms of your branding, your personality. If somebody likes you, they have a preference for you. Mm. I mean, they talk about in this podcasting world, they don't say, "Don't be the best." Be the favourite. What people like is best is completely individual. You might like one brand of soup more than the other. That's the best for you. You know, what well, it could be. Is, is it the best? Is it the most expensive? Are they selling it at Harrods? Probably not, but it's your favourite. Yeah. And that's the key thing. Be the favourite. Be the person that, that, that says, you know, I could buy from Jeff, but the fact is I don't know Jeff and Jeff doesn't really, for the most part, give a stuff about me. So why should I then buy from him when I know if I ring up Michael and his team, his team will say to me, well, you could get that, but that's going to cost you that. But why don't you get this in bulk? Because that may help you based on the amount of uh, clients or the amount of people you've got. Yeah. And, and the other thing we do a lot of is, you know, when people want a particular brand of item, it's about offering alternatives. So if price is an issue, have you tried this? Have you tried that? What more can I do for you to make your job easier? 
Yeah. And interestingly, Clayton, I was with a um, furniture manufacturer the other day. And uh, this is also a challenge because in the UK, people are working from home. Of course. A lot more now. So for people in business like me, where there's been a dip in certain products because people aren't buying the same products anymore, what do you do? So I was with a client and uh, they said, Michael, I want 200 desks. Pre-COVID, I would say, if you want 200 desks, I've got you know a range for you. And let's agree on what, what what budget you want. You can't do that in Amazon, by the way. No. I also have a showroom. Come and see the items. But here's the thing. They want 200 desks, but actually I'm quoting on only 120 desks. 80 of those desks will be pods, cave-like uh, arrangements for people who are working at home because it suits them, their choice. And and an ability for them to come into the office and say, I need the people around me. I don't want a desk. I don't need a desk, but I want somewhere comfortable that I can just do my work while I'm here because I might have some face-to-face -face appointments. And so, you know, that's the change that we're seeing. And these are the things you don't get on Amazon. These are the things, you know, it, Amazon is, you want 200 desks, there you go, send them out to you. And you're going to be, you know, if you're happy, great. If you're not, send them back. <laughs> but we're not operating. We're not operating like that. Yeah. I'm very much kind of. I'm very much relationship. I'm very much kind of. Tell me what you want. Tell me how I can help you. And if I can deliver, I will. And if I can't deliver, I will offer you alternatives. That is what people want more than a box turning up on the front doormat. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So we're coming to the end of our conversation here and we always like to talk about the future and obviously you're a man that tends to plan, you've got focus. What's your vision for the future of Easy Crane? My plan for life first is to retire in a number of years. Um, that's the first thing. Uh, because it's not just all about business life, Peyton. It's about family, and it's also about the health. Yeah, Done a lot. I've achieved a lot. With regard to the business, I like the distributorship business. I like helping people. And where I see myself is I'm looking for 50 distributors on a pay monthly subscription. I'm going to help. I'm going to support and mentor entrepreneurs get the life they want and they deserve providing they put the work in. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It will take effort and dedication. But I believe with my mentoring, my stewardship, my guiding, my coaching, I will help people achieve more. And this is where I see myself fitting in. And by the way, as more distributors come on, Easy Crane, where the technology sits, will also increase revenue excellent so this and your plans for the future are really quite clear but there are people going to be listening to this our cash flow crew and our new listeners and they're going to be wanting to say how can i get in touch with michael crane so how can they get in touch with you and be a part of team easy crane yeah i would say look uh, you can email me 
You can WhatsApp me any which way that people want. I'm not one of these faceless sort of people where, you know, call an automated system. I'll share a link with you, Clayton. If people want to book some time with me and they're really serious about building a business for themselves and they believe in what I've what we've been speaking about today, I believe I have the skill set, the knowledge. If people bring the know the 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 wish the desire the passion the motivation together i think i can achieve what they want so they can find me on facebook find team easy crane on facebook find me on linkedin you know there's many resources where people can find me Excellent, because what we tend to do here on the Cashflow Show and the Cashflow Crew know this is that we provide um, show notes so that everybody can see that and we can put those links in there for everyone. So, Michael, I could chat to you for ages. Obviously, it's been great catching up with you. But at the end of the day, we need to earn that extra bit of bread to put on that table. So we have to cut our conversation here. But it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. It's been great catching up with you and hearing about everything that you've done in the interim and my hat goes off to you you've you've really stuck at it and there are very few of us left from from that particular era yeah for sure and and you know anything and everything is possible and if you're gonna dream big dream really big because you might surprise yourself. <laughs> so Michael Crane, founder of Easy Crane Limited and Team Easy Crane, thank you for joining us on the Cashflow Show. We've come to the end of the Cashflow Show for today, but I would like to say thank you to our guests for taking the time to share their knowledge, wisdom and insight. If you loved what you've heard on this week's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts and leave a five-star review and feedback as it really does help. Whilst you're there, listen to some of our other episodes, which you are bound to enjoy. We want to make this the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs wherever they are in the world and spreading the word really is the best way to grow our show and our community to achieve greater things. Be sure to join us next time for real people, real business, real talk.